The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Devo. Well, I hope your seatbelt is strapped on tightly by now, because I've got a feeling this will be a fun ride, hopefully into the first week of November. It's Devo on another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation, where we once again see the Royals come from behind with a big old crooked number on the scoreboard in the late innings of a postseason game. Today, it's one of the most crooked numbers out of all of them, a five spot in the seventh inning as the Royals prove their equal opportunity when it comes to scoring big runs and different innings in the postseason en route to a 6-3 win over Toronto, which seemed very improbable as Jordana Ventura left the mound in the top of the sixth. And the Royals continue to play more and more relaxed. You can see it by the day. Of course, obviously, the burden was lifted off of them when they won that game four in striking come-from-behind fashion. We've talked all about that. We still probably can't even totally uh, you know, wrap our minds around how the Royals did that in game four. But when they did that, they got second life, and boy, oh boy, have they gotten back to playing Royals baseball. In game five against Houston, we saw pitching, defense, hitting, and games one and two against Toronto, the pitching and defense have been there. A great defensive play today from Alcides Escobar, turning the double play in a diving double play against Troy Tulowitzki in that second inning. You, you saw the defense yesterday. The pitching's been great. We saw Volquez yesterday. Ventura was very good today. The Royals getting enough hitting, some power at some points. Today, what they do best, station to station, keep that line moving. Opposite field, knock after knock, put the ball in play, have good ABs, and the Royals did it. And they keep home field advantage firmly in their corner, too, with that 2-0 uh, lead over Toronto that they have now. 2-0 is huge as you now head to the Rogers Center for three, and we will get to those three games, namely game number three, and talk about that coming up here in just a few minutes. But let's begin talking about this game with our player of the game. And kind of a surprise player of the game. This guy gets his first player of the game all year because middle relievers just don't win player of the game very often. And maybe the, to quote Edinson Volquez from last night, maybe the sexy pick today would have been Mike Moustakis who had two huge at-bats. And the Royals don't win this game without Moose doing what he did or a lot of other guys doing what they did. Maybe the sexy choice is Jordana Ventura for battling and you know, striking out six and five and a third, keeping the Royals in the game against a very tough lineup. But to me, the player of the game and the sequence of the game comes from Luke Hochaver. That's right, Luke Hochaver, my player of the game tonight. He got a couple nice outs at the time, right? It seemed like, okay, well, it's 3 nothing Toronto. The Royals have now had 15 in a row retired by Price. You're thinking to yourself, okay, 3 nothing. Well, they could come back for sure. It's a long shot because Price is pitching so well, right? That's probably what you're thinking. You, you know it's possible for sure the Royals could come back, but not likely when David Price has gotten 15 in a row out. And not likely when Luke H. Hochever comes in either with the bases loaded and one out, Toronto already up 3-0. Because if the Jays get a hit there and it goes to 5-0, this game is over. It's over at that point because everything's different. It's like the butterfly effect. I believe one thing causes something else, which causes something else. You know, maybe Price throws different pitches the next inning. Maybe the Royals have different types of at-bats the next inning. Everything's different based on the previous at-bat. So if Hoach gives up a hit there and he comes in with the bases loaded and one out there, it's 5 nothing. Even a sack fly is 4 nothing. 
I mean, let's reset things here. The Royals are down one nothing. Like I said, 15 in a row out by Price. You're already a bit frustrated after Alcides Escobar the first pitch of the game. For some reason, teams keep throwing him strikes. The Blue Jays have now. Doubles on the first pitch last night. Singles to right today on the first pitch. After the Royals get that base hit, nobody has gotten on base since then. And the Royals are down, though, just one nothing. You're fine. But then Ventura tries to rely on secondary pitches, maybe a bit too much. That third time through the order, maybe a bit of fatigue and some Toronto luck and good patient hitting. I mean, you did have an infield hit from Josh Donaldson that the Royals almost looked at to lead out that inning. Jose Bautista, though, draws a five-pitch walk. So you've got first and second, nobody out. Nadios gets Luke Hochever up. Begins stirring a bit at that point. You're thinking, okay. Edwin Encarnacion singles to left. Two-strike. Nice approach by him. That makes it now 2-0 Toronto. You're like, okay, well, Ventura, give him Chris Colabello, see what happens before we make any moves. And he strikes him out. Great job by Yordano. But then Troy Tulowitzki doubles. That makes it 3 nothing with one out, and I figured that that was it at that point for Ventura. And I figured the Royals would walk Russell Martin to load the bases there and set up the double play ball. The Royals instead leave Ventura in to pitch to Martin, but... What ends up happening is what I thought should have happened in the first place. He walks on a nice seven-pitch at bat, bases loaded, and Ned does go get Ventura at that point. Hoach comes in, 3 nothing Toronto. Hoach had been good last night, and he gets Kevin Pillar with three strikes in a row, the third of which is struck to Ben Zobrist. So the third ball put in play, Ben Zobrist, infield pop out on the infield fly. Huge out there. Bases loaded now with two outs. You're still in it. You're still in the game. Hochaver, two more pitches today, both strikes. The second one again hitting to play. Ryan Goins hits to Eric Hosmer, who tosses to Luke Hochaver, covering 3-1. The Royals get out after Pilar and Goins go down with the bases loaded one out in that six. Like I said, at the time, it seemed nice. You're like, okay, nice job, Hoch. Good job. You're thinking to yourself, okay, we'll see if it matters. At least he's kept him in the game. Oh, boy, it mattered, did it? Because the Royals do go three up, three down in that bottom of the six. That makes it now 18 in a row retired by David Price, but then Danny Duffy comes in. How about a 1-2-3 inning for Duff with a K? And then it began. Bottom of the seventh, Royals down 3-0, 18 in a row retired by David Price. All we need is that door cracked. One little break, and boy, did the Royals get that. And it's kind of poetic justice how it happened. I don't know if you saw this. Bautista last night, of course, juking out a, you know the fans tossing a ball and into the front row and the Royals have had well publicized as has many of the league between the bat flips and the talk and the umpires that Bautista grumbles at all the time Tony Rendanzo last night in game one an example of that today though I don't know if you saw it somebody was yelling at Bautista between the top of the seventh and the bottom of the seventh and he points over, puts his hand to his ear, and you can see him saying 3 nothing, 3 nothing, 3 nothing, as in to say scoreboard to the Royals fans, as in to say be quiet, it's 3 nothing. <laughs> that literally happened two minutes before the Ben Zobrist at bat. Literally. Saw it with my own eyes. Two minutes before that, Ben Zobrist hits a short pop-up into shallow right, and the crack opens. The door gets opened up for the Royals, and Bautista's involved, as things would have it. Now, to his defense, it was the Goins, the second baseman, called the play clearly. And maybe Bautista should have called him off on that. Maybe he should have caught that. But the ball drops, and why do you think that is? Because he couldn't hear. You know how I know that, too? Because I saw him after that play look at Bautista and say, did you call that? Bautista's shaking his head, no, no, no. 
So he, he thought he'd been called off. The fans were so loud. They were standing, if you remember, in that bottom of the seventh. Into it as much as they've been the entire afternoon when the Royals were at the plate, that bottom of the seventh inning, for sure. And that got him going. I, I really believe that. I really believe the fans get the assist on that for that ball dropping for the base hit off a of price. That snaps the 18 in a row, puts him back in the stretch. He hadn't picked him, you know, pitched out of the stretch since way back in the first inning with a man, you know, man on base with Escobar in that first pitch single. Changes things up a bit, and that gets the Royals going, the crowd going, and then it happened. The line started to move. Lorenzo Kane singled all right. Let's snap our fingers for effect here, like they did in the old days. Eric Hosmer, single to center to score Zobras. You see those old baseball movies where they have people sitting in a room, and over the phone, somebody tells them what's going on, and they reenact it for the people. That's what I'm doing now. So Hosmer singles to score Zobras. 3-1 now. And this is where Ned Yost gets a lot of credit. This is another, besides the Escobar double play in the second, which not too many people acknowledge as being a big play in this game, and the Ho-Chaver. I think, obviously, Ned gets a ton of credit, too, for keeping the Royals out of the double play there. Because Eric Hosmer runs on the 0-1 pitch to Kendrys Morales, who grounds out to score another run. 3-2, to two, and that advances Haas to second. So the run would have scored there. It still would have been 3-2, but the Royals would have had nobody on base. Instead, they get Morales up to second base. It's 3-2 with one out. And then Mike Moustakis, five pitch at bat, singles to right to score Haas. That ties the game. Moose heads up base running on the throw home from Bautista, goes up to second. More poetic justice there. Salvi called out on strikes, but then the Royals tie game, runner at second. You want that lead there, don't you, off David Price? You knew he's probably down to his last hitter with Alex Gordon, especially once the bat got stretched out to the sixth and the seventh and finally the eighth pitch. You knew that was it for Price, who was then north of 95 pitches. Last left-handed batter he'd see for a while. Alex Gordon made sure to make him pay and put his record to an all-time worst 0-7 in postseason. Literally all-time worst. Alex Gordon, let's do it again. Doubles. To center field. 4-3 KC. By the way, that double happened at 5.38 p.m. Which is what time military standard time? 17.38. True story. Look it up. That gets David Price out of the game. Alex Rios continues his big clutch hitting. He's usually been good for one big plate appearance every game. Did it again today. Knocks in another run. Alex making it. Alex Gordon, that is. Alex knocks in Alex making it 5-3. KC Eski grounds out to end that frame, but at the end of seven, wow. Five to three, Kansas City, a five spot. All thanks to A, Luke Hochaver getting the Royals out of the sixth inning. Danny Duffy, a nice one, two, three after Yodana Ventura had pitched a very nice game with some good defense. But yeah, that defensive misplay turned into a hit. The miscommunication slash Goins just freaking out because of the crowd got KC going. The Royals added on one more in the eighth, should have been more. Lorenzo Kane, of course, got picked off on the eerily similar to Dusty Coleman play earlier this year. Not really. Dusty Coleman was coming home on a sacrifice fly from third. Completely different situation, but it almost looked like it. Kane gets halfway down to second and tries to make it back to first. Does not happen. And of course, as always happens in baseball, it seems like. The Royals go on to have a you know a couple of base runners come on and add another run there. So, after Mike Moustakas drives in another run, making it 6-3. Could have been 7-3 as well had Ned Yost ran for Morales there. With Terrence Gore, as Morales' last at bat of the game, thought he might go to Gore, who would have scored easily on that Moustakas hit. But either way, whatever. Royals go up 6-3. That's the final after Wader comes in, picks up the check, does give up a leadoff single and a walk in the ninth inning. 
but the Royals get it done. They come from behind and play Royals baseball. Their mojo is fully back, and man, is this fun to watch. And I said at the top of this, I feel like it could go into early November. How can you not? Toronto has to win four games now of the next five. Toronto can only lose one more game to the Royals. KC, meanwhile, could finish this series two and three and still move on. Royals not good at Toronto for three. If they get one game in Toronto, they're in good shape. And obviously, if they win two, the series is over. But just get one, and you're in really good shape. And the Royals could easily do that in game three. Before we get to that, one more stat from today I want to talk about. The runners in scoring position left on base. Second straight night, Toronto cannot get the big hit. They leave nine, go just three for 16 with runners in scoring position. Some of that, of course, Royals pitching. Some of that, Toronto. Toronto looks like a team that's tired, a team that's banged up as they are. Encarnacion, the hand issue, and Tulowitzki doesn't look anything close to how he normally looks. And the Royals, of course, are, are pitching well You know, on top of that. And not to mention, Toronto can't keep playing... It seems like they're playing 1,000 baseball, doesn't it, since the All-Star break? Like they haven't lost. I mean, they've been so hot. Them and the Cubs, the two best records since the All-Star break. It's, it's about time that Toronto gets a little bit of a funk. The Royals could use that. Maybe the weather helped a bit, kind of a cooler day, bigger ballpark, great pitching, and just the Royals' time. The Royals, meanwhile, were good with Risp. Five for eight today. They leave just four on base. It's another huge win. And now we go, like I said, go back to game three. It's Johnny Cueto and Marcus Stroman now. A pair of right-handers going at the Rogers Center, 7.07 Central Time, Monday evening. Cueto in his two postseason starts, 14 innings, 3.86 ERA. And he has 13 Ks in those 14 innings. So he's missing bats again, which is great news for the Royals. Cueto did see Toronto once this year. Back at the trade deadline day, July 31st, up there at the Rogers Center. Cueto, that day, allowed three runs on seven hits in six innings, striking out seven. So did strike out seven Jays, three runs in six innings. The Royals would probably take that in game three. You got to feel like if you can do that, the Royals have a pretty good chance at coming through against Stroman, who has not seen KC this year. The Royals saw him once last year. But Stroman, two postseason outings, only four starts overall, all in the month of September coming off the injury. So only four starts in the regular season at the big league level for Stroman. Two, though, the postseason, both against Texas, games one and five. Game one, he went seven innings, did Stroman, giving up three runs. Game five, six innings, giving up two runs. A guy that the Royals should be able to push across two, three runs against. A hard throw that can miss some bats. I like the Royals, though, in this matchup. I like him against this fastball. I just I think it's a good matchup for the Royals. I really do. And Cueto comes in after letting it all air out. The velocity had been up a couple miles an hour there in game five against Houston. We talked about that. The breaking pitch was better, of course. The ball was darting around at the knees and below more. Houston wasn't real disciplined on top of that, which also helped out. Cueto pitched a hell of a game. Looks like he just said, F it, I'm going all in. And hopefully we see that again in game three. Because if the Royals get another really good outing from Johnny Cueto, six or seven innings, two runs or less, maybe even three, I think the Royals get the job done. I think the Royals are able to score four to five runs against Stroman and against a very shoddy and questionable Toronto bullpen. Especially without Cecil out there, who, of course, got injured in the last series. They maybe were a little better than suspect before that, but I think it's a very suspect bullpen now out there. Certainly nowhere near what the Royals are. A market advantage from the bullpen. But yeah, all in all, I think the Royals have a pretty good chance of getting game three, and I think all in all... I still like the Royals to win this thing in six. 
That was my prediction before the series, and I'll stick with it. Royals in six. I think the Royals find a way to get one up there. It could very easily be this game three. You don't know what you're going to get out of Chris Medlin in game four. The poor guy hasn't pitched in about two weeks, so it's tough to say what you'll get. And then in game five, of course, you have Edinson and Volquez again. So I don't know. I, I, I think the Royals are going to win this series. I have a pretty good feeling about it. I really do. And where's this power we keep hearing about from Toronto? The Royals keeping them in the park. As we talked about, don't walk very many guys. Keep them in the park. Good things are going to happen. And that's what continues to happen for the boys in blue. So that's it for this evening. Hope you enjoyed it. Here on your dish, tell a friend at Royals Clubhouse on the Twitter. It's Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. Uh, you can also drop us an email, Davo at clubhouseconversation.com. Subscribe on iTunes as well. We'll be back again Monday evening late after the ball game. Hopefully after the Royals are 3 to nothing ahead of Toronto. We shall see what happens. I do like the matchup, though, and I do love the Royals to get at least one of these three up in Toronto, a team that feels like they're banged up, worn out, and now the Royals are through David Price, which is big news as well because nobody else in that rotation really scares you. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Go Royals.